The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. This is director James Tyler, and with me is... Executive producer, head writer, Jeffrey Bridges. Hello, people. And once again, Jeffrey is filling in for our absent writer... Um, and I just realized earlier today that I think we're doing it again for the next episode, and then after that, are you? did you write 13 as well? Uh, no, 13 is the first episode of season two, and that was Susan. Okay, well, then that way I won't have to take up all your time. But thank you again for doing another one of these. Actually, since our last one, I've gotten an email from someone who wrote to me that said that they liked Kingry, but what they really liked was uh, the commentary that you and me did for the last episode. So I don't know what that says about the quality of the episode itself, that the commentary was more interesting than the actual episode, but there you go. Perhaps it's just we have such a, a fantastic rapport. Exactly. We just, in awe. we just go off of each other so well that it just, yeah, they were just beside themselves. But as I'm rambling on, here's episode 11, which um, gets us closer and closer to the season finale, which is just a gigantic explosion. And Boy, howdy. Um, but I'm going to try to keep from just talking about how great 12 is going to be while we listen to this, because I think this is a pretty darn good episode in and of itself. So it was, yes. It is. It, it is and it was. It, <laughs> it's, um, I was glad to do this episode after the last one because the last episode I did, number 10, was a very sort of talky and info dump sort of episode. And this one, a lot more action happens, a lot more high moments, and I got to use some more dynamic music. Um, and it's sort of all coming together. The structure of this is actually um, very simple. Oh, there's my acting premiere right there as the PA announcer. We just missed it, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I figured, I wish I could say that, you know, I just thought that I needed a, that I was having a prima donna moment and needed to have uh, my voice in the show, but really I was just too lazy to put out a casting call. So, <laughs> a lot took, of stuff happens that way. Yeah, so I just took care. It was just one line, so I just decided to take care of it myself. Well, you know, when you mentioned that uh, you got to play around with different music in this episode, the one thing that really stuck out to me in this episode were the scenes where you chose to not use any music at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a really good choice on the scenes you did that because it, I don't know, it, it really worked. It set them apart more, and it, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but there were really good choices on when to not use any music and just let the acting carry it. Yeah. Well, and I think that, again, all my actors, I think, just really um, brought it to a new level. Um, with every episode, I'm just always astonished with how much they can put into these lines and how I, c- I can just trust them to carry it for moments. When I first started doing this, um, I had this sort of rule, like, you know, I can't have 30 seconds without a music cue somewhere. And I've moved away from that slowly but surely. And so, yeah, there are whole episodes here where I just looked at all the music. I was like, I don't think anything can fit here because these are very, you know, sort of intimate moments. And I think it's best if we just sort of let them stand as they are and then hope that the acting can carry it. And I'm just lucky to have great actors. Stop, goddammit. And this is the uh, reappearance of Tom Stitzer here as our cab driver. Mm -hmm. A great little uh, side character. It was, these uh, takes are really funny to listen to um, because it's just various levels of the accent. I went with some of the heavier ones for the actual final product. And also a lot of these car sounds are not my car, but they are the car model that I have, which is a Honda Civic. So 
I just wanted to give my car a little moment to shine. But it's the Civic of the future. Exactly. <laughs> Honda makes it all the way into whatever century Kingery takes place in. Yeah, we never really specified exactly when this is all happening. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if that ever is relevant to the story, we'll figure it out. But I right. know that it doesn't really make it much difference. So mm-hmm. Just some futures. Also, want to say that I was really happy to work with um, Tithia in this episode. This is my first time to work with that. Um, oh, okay. And just fun, 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 fun. One of my favorite characters on the entire show, so I was finally glad to uh, get that taken care of and do that. Well, yeah, she's, she's a lot of fun to write. She's in a pretty unique situation, too. So, uh, yeah, she, uh, from a writing perspective, anyway, she's a, a lot of fun. There's a lot to work with with her there. Mm-hmm. And, like, this scene I um, was one of the scenes where I didn't put any music behind it, and that's because the acting is so strong in it, and I think the moment is such a crucial moment for Tithia in particular that I think it really works well to just sort of let the words stand for themselves. Yeah, and I like how uh, in this episode, Asus got these two ominous prophetic lines at the end of the scene. Yeah. Like, I was like, whoa. Asa operating as a prophet, um, not once but twice. I also think it's interesting that you have the Tithia little prologue at the beginning, and then you have the actual episode bookended by uh, Robert's Betty moments, but then everything in between is people who need to talk to Arkel, which is important that all yeah. these different people and all these storylines are sort of colliding in one position. It's this big convergence that's happening in one spot, which, you know, makes for a good climax. Yeah. It was, um, it was tough. I mean, this was a little getting more into 12 now, but it was tough to pull everything together. I mean, we knew where it was going, and we had the outline, and you know that it all has to be there, but just making sure it all gets there and everyone is where they need to be story-wise and, like, physically, and it was mm-hmm. just... There was a lot of uh, planning and and checking and rechecking and triple checking to make sure it all worked out. I think it works really well. And I think that it, you know, hopefully all the people who are listening have listened to every episode and are diehard fans, yada, yada, yada. But I think if you're not, that this episode and the last episode work very well to sort of sum up everything that's happened up to this point without feeling like it's just, playing the Basil Exposition game. Uh, not sure what else to say about that. But. <laughs> no, I hadn't really looked at it from that perspective, but I suppose, I mean, it would be a, a fairly, compared to the season as a whole, it would be a pretty decent spot for someone to kind of jump in on and get at least be able to semi-follow what's going on. Right, exactly. I really like the... Uh, uh, background noises you did here, the sort of muffled behind the doors. Yeah, you like that? Really well done. <laughs> it was funny because this is another example. We'll come up later on another funny um, sound effects cue. But this one, there was just a sound effects cue for uh, whorehouse noises. I was like, huh. That, that'll be interesting. That's a look for. So I think it works here. So, yeah. And I also, this is another music bit of music that I was really happy to get to use in sort of this environment. Um, it's something that I've listened to before and really like, but I just sort of finally found time to use it. Also, I love any scene where someone's talking on the phone just because I love that filter. Oh, 
Yeah, it's like like Tom Stitcher was saying in the Superman commentaries. Anytime we can get a filter on a voice, he's so happy. So. Yeah, it was just TVs and radios. Yeah, exactly. There's just something about that aesthetic of it, of just that sound of. Uh, I don't know. It just you know what that sound means. It's so archetypical, but it's also so relaxing and wonderful to hear that sort of that that graininess over the voice. <laughs> Debbie knows just how to get the Brock's uh, concerns. Uh, Hook, sorry, God. <laughs> I always get names mixed up, so don't take any offense to that new imaginary characters. Okay, I just wanted to let it pass before I told the story. I think last episode we talked about how the writers like to put in the green light sound at oh, different yeah. times. Green light sound effect. Yeah. Right. Well, this episode had a red light, and I had to come <laughs> up with what that sound meant. So I went with the uh, some game show noises to indicate when things were working and weren't working. Oh, is that what that was? Mm-hmm. I think it that, worked. Yeah. You, you had a very negative. Yeah, exactly. It's, sound, well, and I was looking at all of them, and I was trying to get the you know the classic game show sound of you know eh, like if it was wrong. Right. And I was listening to that, and then I found that other audio clip, and I was like, oh, that's just so obnoxious that it's perfect. <laughs> that it's just the sound that you hate hearing, and it's designed to be that way. Also, I think we passed it, but one of my favorite lines in here is the fact that the whorehouse has doors from Happy Fun Time doors. Yes. <laughs> God damn it, Shepard, say something already or I'll get Tommy and he... Oh, Jesus. What? What is it? Oh, my God. Is he... I mean, he's, he's not... Mm. Yeah, I mentioned a little bit about this in the uh, last commentary, I think, but it took us a while to figure out exactly what happened to Shepard here after this for season two. But yeah, I'm still... I actually, I'm, I'm going to make a small admission here, and I haven't peeked at the... Uh, first episode of the next season, quite yet. Um, but I am, I am puzzled where you're going with Shepard, because I have no idea how he can, you know, do he's anything. Got a, he's got an interesting journey ahead of him. By the way, Hooks is uh, scream there. Yeah, isn't that a good <laughs> man? As per Petty, uh, Perry Whittle, I got about ten different uh, disgusting and distressed screams for that. <laughs> Which, you know, were of various levels of awesome. That was just the one I finally had to go with. And I think that this is also an, this was a scene where I I actually did have to put music in because when I was mixing it, it sounded a lot more comical than it needs to because of how upset Hooks is. Yeah. And I think that 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 can work in some situations, but this is such a pivotal. Um, uh, moment that I think that we needed to have the weight of, you know, that this is a major character from the show and something awful has happened to him. And so I think that if you're right. no, absolutely. just yeah, laughing about it. Right. Then, you don't, you have to walk that line where it's not, it's only funny when it's okay for it to be funny, but mm -hmm. the audience needs to know, hey, this is actually a serious. And important. Back. It's not just yeah. some, you know, random schmo who's o OD'd at shenanigans. It's right. Some, and the fact that it was, uh, uh, Betty's body too that right. had big ramifications exactly so I needed to make sure that that moment came home as serious rather than just playing off of the humor of Hooks freaking out which is always funny to play I feel bad because Perry Whittle always sends me about two types of takes I mean he sends me about a million takes for everything but he always sends me either Hooks being really upset or Hooks being really sort of um, ineffectual and wimpy 
And I always go for the wimpy hooks. Always, always, always. And so I feel bad because he sends me these great other takes. It just doesn't fit sort of my vision of what the character is. And so, but sometimes it works, you know, if he's especially indignant about something. But most of the time I'll go with uh, him just being grossed out by whatever's around him. Well, you'll find through uh, uh, the rest of this season and season two right. hooks, just like all the characters. I mean, they're not nobody's static here. They're all yeah. changing and going through stuff. So, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And is this the uh, first episode with uh, Heather? Heather Frizzell is. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Heather sends me. Everyone sends me lines, and some people send me alternate takes and different things, and some people send me all their takes in one long uh, MP3. Mm -hmm. Heather sends me her long MP3, and let's just say that the lines, oh, I don't know, two sentences. She'll give me about four takes, but there's so much chattering going on in between that it's about, oh, ten minutes long for each line. Which, you know, can be amusing at times and can be infuriating at other times, but I I love her, and I love... uh, what she does with the character, which is very different from the previous actress, and so um, I'm excited about seeing how she goes in the future, but it's just funny because she's, you know, goofing off and having fun and having all kinds of great outtakes, which I want more of, and then she'll just deliver these serious, you know, heartfelt lines just up the drop of the hat, and it's just sort of a weird juxtaposition. You know, I think it's because... Uh She's roommates with Kristen Bates, and Kristen is kind of the same way with her life. She'll have these really serious, strong takes, and then, in, like, after it, she'll just start cracking up and talking about all the random stuff, and then just slip right back into it, like you're flipping a switch. It's right, crazy. yeah. It, it, yeah. I think it speaks to both. In Kristen is in the background of a lot of those takes, so sorry, my phone's freaking out on me. Um, but no, I, uh, was very pleased with how that came about. Um, I know that you're. You d- are not a fan of recasting, and I was not a fan of when it was first brought forward as a possibility, but it became a necessity. Yeah. And well, you don't, you don't like to do it, but if you have to, you have to, you know, to keep the show going. So. And I think we – I can't think of anyone we could have found that was better. I think it's a great recast, and I'm very yeah, happy with she, it. Yeah, I think she did a pretty good job slipping into the role, and she kind of brought a new uh, – I don't know, a new – it's like – flavor, kind of, not that I'm mm-hmm. more licking characters, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, I understand, like, I understand what I'm yeah. saying. It's a very, um, it seems familiar also while being fresh. Um, this scene was pretty difficult to do, um, from the sense of trying to get the, uh, aggression and so forth apart, because at the end of this scene, Jawbone pretty much beats the crap out of Prague. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't remember <laughs> if, if this, how much the, uh, how much beating the script called for there, but that was pretty savage. And I'm not complaining. I mean, I, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was great. I just, I don't remember if the script said, you know... It, it said, like, it just said punches and kicks, and I was like, well, if I'm going to have to go for this, I'm going to go full throttle as far as uh, what he's going to do. Yeah, it was really good, and it surprised me and, uh, in a good way. It was, it was, yeah. Well, fights, fights are always uh, difficult to do. Mm-hmm. just for pacing issues, and so I wanted to get a good fight in here and just sort of practice on that. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to show the strings here a bit. I had to kind of do this episode a bit quicker than I would have liked, um, but it was, um, I think it came out really well. I probably would have done a couple of things differently with the fight, but I do think it just gets across that Brock is just absolutely annihilated at the time, end of uh, yeah. Yeah. this altercation. That absolutely comes across. 
And, you know, I think it's important because we get to hear there's Jawbone cracking his knuckles, which was an ad lib on mine. There was a sound effect in there that I couldn't find, and so I replaced it with him cracking his knuckles. Oh, very nice. So. But no, we always, people are always talking about how vicious and horrible Jawbone is, and so I think it was important to get a moment in here where you actually get to see that. Because yeah. I think, and I think tactfully, you don't see how he and Julie interact often. Right. Um, so I think it was important to see him actually be vicious and sadistic and horrible as a human being or a proc being. This music cue is probably a bit too long, but I like it, so it stayed in. Also, it gives a bit of time to digest that scene before this little finale to the episode. Yeah, it worked. I didn't think it was too long. So... Oh, well, my blessed keyboard comes back this episode. <laughs> God damn it. Welcome. It was really nice uh, effects work with the gunshot and the... the oh, and the, and the lock? Well, it was funny because it says that he shoots off the lock to the door, but then I was like, but it's an automatic door, so the lock would be sort of this... would have to be mechanical in some way, so yeah, I had to look for a short circuit sound and... Uh, yeah, I, th I was I pat myself back on the back for that sound effects cue. I think it works. It does. Um, and now we're coming to the big finale of this episode, which um, is pretty. Listening it to myself, I got pretty serious chills listening to it, and I knew it was going to happen. So just listening to uh, how this ends is pretty amazing. I think. Yeah, and, and uh, Andrew does a pretty amazing job. Shepherd? I mean, he's got a, a tall order as it is playing Betty in Robbers. Right. So, uh, I think he's, he's had a, I mean, I know it's, it's got to be kind of difficult, especially to work it out. Like, I've talked to him about it a little bit, but I think he did a really great job. And in this scene, too, he was, uh, he was very good. Yeah. A++ as far as I'm concerned, and just the, You mm. killed me, you asshole! You fucking killed me! Yeah. I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's just such a, I mean, you're right, it is such a difficult role to begin with, and then having to deal with the fact that you've just seen what you recognize as your body basically destroyed and bloody and yeah. torn apart for, you know, what reason or another. And Right. I mean, it's like, how do you even begin to play that? Because it's not right. something anyone human really you can, can ever actually experience, right? right? So I'm sure that had to be incredibly difficult. And may I say, I am sad that the uh, episode 12 trailer isn't isn't here that we're talking about. Oh. I listened to that trailer, and it gave me goosebumps just from the trailer. You did a fine, fine job on that, sir. Well, uh, I hopefully, I mean, hopefully people have actually listened to the episode. They've been able to hear it. Yeah. And I just wanted Pete to give people the end of that trailer um, was something I had thought of when I first read the script that I wanted to do. Genius. And so I just wanted to give people something to wait for. Get them uh, chomping at the bit for uh, that episode 12, because I think it's going to be... I think it's... And I've listened to some more of the acting, and it's just... You will not be disappointed, people. I think it's going to be a highlight, not just for this show, but for Pendant for a long time to come. It's it's going to be good. So yeah, that's all I can really say. It's one of the... Uh two pieces, I think, two episodes I've written for Pendant that I'm most proud of, so uh, I think it, I'm hoping it's going to come off really, really well. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I said I wasn't going to talk about episode 12 too much, but I cannot wait to talk to you about that episode. It's fantastic. But episode 11 is now done, so... Yeah, it won't be long now. We'll head off into the sunset, and I'll probably actually get working on episode 12 as soon as I hang up with you. And oh, good. If I had a whip sound effect, I would crack it down. <laughs> Appreciate that. I need it as much as possible. But until then, folks, I don't know. There should be some tagline in here. <laughs> All right. More information. Well, see you next month. Thanks for listening.